Welcome to the Partnernomics Show, where industry thought leaders discuss the hottest topics in partnerships, ecosystems, and innovation. The Partnernomics Show is brought to you by Iolite Solutions, a product incubator specific to Salesforce. Now here's the host of the Partnernomics Show, Mark Brigman. Welcome back to another episode of the Partnernomics Show. So good to be with you again. Today we have Mr. Ken Coppins with us. Ken, how are you doing, sir? Hey, Mark. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Looks like some nice weather wherever you are. I'm in Florida, right? And it's a, it's a nice, bright, sunny day. Love it. Love it, man. It's uh, I'm glad that it's finally getting warm outside, man. I'm ready to get outside and uh, <laughs> hit the lake hopefully here soon. But uh, hey, we have a great episode lined up. Ken is one of our partnernomics implementers. And so on today's show, we're going to kind of dive in and just hit some of these topics, but more hopefully from kind of an instructional area, hitting some different, uh, the success practices of partnering. And hopefully you'll be able to, to take a couple things out of that. But I've seen a lot of posts, you know, that were coming out on LinkedIn around strategy. So I asked Ken to uh, to join me here. But Ken, this is the first time that you've been on the Partnernomics show. So if you wouldn't mind, I'd love for you to spend a minute and just kind of talk a little bit about your your background and your passion for partnerships and, uh, you know, you, you working with us at Partnernomics. Hey, glad to, Mark. Uh, yeah, I started my career in the technology space uh, uh, back some, you know, some years ago. But I got a good foundation in, uh, uh, you know, really consulting services, and then went into professional services. You know, was a partner at KPMG for seventeen years, and then uh, then with another couple of firms, uh, answered Think helped helped start and found that company, and then um, then went on to. Uh, actually help another company get get acquired and uh, spent ten, the last 10 years uh, with the uh, Capgemini in financial services. And uh, and then uh, when I left there, actually retired from there and uh, with my partner, Bob Jones, we started uh, Collab to Grow, which uh, was focused on partnerships. Um, I would say the last 25 years, uh, you know, of my professional service, I always had responsibility for strategic alliances. And so I've I've seen a lot. I've I've seen the good side of it. I've seen the ones that are haven't been done so well. And uh, but I always enjoyed the relationships that we're that we're building. And um, you know, when we when I left and you know started collab to grow with Bob, we really felt that uh, we could we could make a difference, right? And help companies do it do it the right way and add some discipline and um, you know kind of promote some best practices, you know, around around partnering. Yeah, I love that. Love that. And loved uh, the opportunity to get to to get to meet and work with you and Bob. It's been a great joy. So look forward to to many more years of that in the future. But let's dig in. So let's 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 kick into strategy. And let me ask what I hope is a really dumb question, but that is why strategy? You know, so the partnernomics methodology, we teach uh, a six-phase partnering process, and it starts with strategy obviously we feel it's important to begin there but just from your background bob being an executive running a lot of these huge partnerships um what's like from what is the value of of strategy but but more importantly what will a good strategy do for you well i think uh you, you know first off strategy is a foundation for for you know for building something right and as a business, you need a strategy. Where are you going? What are you trying to accomplish? Right? Setting business goals and all of that. And, you know, I think we've, we've both talked in the past that, you know, 
uh, a good percentage of revenue comes from indirect, right? Comes from indirect sales, right? From you know, from relationship building. And so, why not have a strategy, right? Why not understand what the strategy is for your partners, right? If you're going to partner and you only have limited uh, resources and assets that you're going to put to it, so what do you want to get out of your partnerships? So you need a strategy. It needs to be very much aligned to the business strategy. It should be, I, I would think, as a subset of the overall business strategy, totally aligned to the business strategy, right? So you, you know where the business is going, then you should know where the where your where your partnerships, right? What do you want to get out of your partnership relationships? Yeah, we talk about partnering being really a tool or an approach, and you know, to to your point, Ken. Uh, you should have a corporate strategy, right? What is, as an as an overall organization, what are you trying to accomplish? Hopefully it's growth oriented, but what are you trying to accomplish? And don't even answer, is it going to be through acquisitions? Is it going to be through partnering? Is it going to be purely organic? Don't start with the tool, Start with the vision, start with what you're trying to do. And then when you get to the end, you figure out what can we do internally? What, what can we or should we do through acquisition? And then what should we do through partnering? But you know, I love how you say that because it's it should be the corporate strategy of what we're attempting to do. And then from that corporate strategy should be born this partnering strategy. And that's the component that, that you want to capture by leveraging the assets and the capabilities of other organizations. But so many times it's, let's go, let's go fill that need. Let's go find that puzzle piece with partnering. Okay, ready, break, go. Well, how? What does that mean? If you have 10, 20, 50, 500 players in your organization, right? I was a Sprint 85,000 employees. Uh, you can get misaligned and misunderstood really quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. You know, I think you and I have talked in the past, um, you know, a couple of guys will go have a lunch or, or, you know, or a dinner and say, hey, we should partner. But you forgot about, you know, is it is it right to partner with that individual or that company? Right. And the CEO is driving the business. One of his roles is you know, most CEOs are, you know, is to build a corporate strategy. Well, the partnerships is part of that strategy. He should be driving it, right? He should be totally aware, right? And not every partner is right for an organization. Right. And sometimes you just say, hey, we're in the same space and we should go do something and it doesn't fit, right? So having a very disciplined approach to say is you should be very selective about your partners and must, and does do those partners fit my strategy, my business strategy, right? So I'm going to be very selective because if I'm going to put, I only have limited assets and resources, well, I want to be able to deploy those to the right partners to get the most out of it. Yeah, I love that. I'm, I'm getting this vision of, of a puzzle. And there's <laughs> these different pieces and, you know, Organically, you're going to fill in some pieces. Acquisition, if that is, you know, in in your scope of means, that's going to fill in some pieces. And then those holes is where partnerships come from. But to your point, there should be a direct line between a partner and how they're going to plug in to your strategy. I think so many times it's 
That's a great company. They have great customers. They have great products. There's, there's gotta be something there. I'm not sure what it is. Mark, you go figure it out. I've had that conversation too many times over my career, but it's like, no, you have to have the partner um, and they have to immediately kind of fill in to, to this strategy that you're executing against. So, um, Okay, let's go ahead and jump into the next question, which is uh, a segue to this. And that is, you know, at Partneronomics, we have a tool for that, an, an organizational partnering plan, an OPP, a 12-component document. And if anybody out there is wanting to, to check it out, shoot us an email, get in contact with us. We'd be glad to share that with you. But the OPP, organizational partnering plan, uh, talk to us about the what that tool can do for you. Uh, but really the conversations that it forces uh, you to have. And then what's the process? If you're a, a partnering executive, partnering director, VP, um, how can you best use the OPP as a tool to, to really get some clarity around the strategy? Great, great question. I, th I think the, um, you know, the, the OPP is a great tool, right? And, and you know, very comprehensive, you know, your 12 step step process, um, you know, as we said earlier, that it should be, the OPP really should outline the business partner plan, right? What is my, what, it, what do I want to accomplish with partners in general, right? What am I trying to, what about, what are my business objectives? Is it to drive growth? Is it to build product? Is it to expand? What are the things that I want to accomplish? Let's document those prior to selecting the partner. So I know what I want to get out of my partners. So that OPP should be absolutely either tied to or a subset of the overall business plan. If I was a CEO and I had a business plan that I'd want to say, what do I want to get out of my partners, whether it's one or many, and what do I expect from those partners and how are they going to, how are they going to help me? And to give uh, folks just some some quick context, really one of the big outcomes from an organizational partnering plan is identifying the different partnering programs you intend to run. So affiliates, referrals, co-sales, you're going to have tech integration partnerships, different channels, you want to get into marketplaces, whatever the case is, that OPP, that overarching organizational partnering plan is where you're going to identify that one or that seven or more different partnering programs that your team is going to build. Um, so kind of a part B to this topic is, how does the board fit in? How do investors fit into this equation? How does the C-suite fit into this? Um, is it important to have their acknowledgement, their buy-in? Uh, absolutely, Mark. You know. Similar to, you know, a corporate business plan, all of those individuals, all the stakeholders, investors, C-suites, you know, either get interviewed or participate in some sort of workshop to build the business plan. My suggestion and recommendation is that should be the same way you build the OPP. It should be an extension of the business planning process. Um, I like to always think about it in a facilitated workshop. So having a facilitator, Right. I mean, I mean, the ideal and most effective way, in my view, is to have a facilitated workshop where the stakeholders and investors participate. Right. They contribute by having facilitation. It allows all the members right, of the stakeholder group participate. Right. Objectively. Right. They're, 
the facilitator has no, you know, has no bias, should have no bias, right? He's basically filtering the information. If it's not feasible to have that facilitated workshop, then clearly you could do it through interviews, right? And also, you know, other, other documents would support that would be the business plan, the annual report, if it's a publicly traded company, where there's only good information about what the business is, is, is all about and what they're trying to accomplish. The partnering plan, you know, kind of sets that strategy and then you can go execute. If you don't have a strategy, then how are you, how are you going to execute, right, on the tactics, right? What I am mean. I trying to accomplish? Who am I trying to accomplish it with? So the strategy is absolutely foundational, in my view, right, for actually driving success of the partnerships. I mean, it defines success. So absolutely. I would even say that, you know, it feels like 98% of our clients, I mean, they already have partnering programs in flight. You know, they've been running them for years. Um, and in basically zero cases, do they have an organizational partnering plan? You know, some overarching plan that's in place. But, you know, to the points that we're hopefully making is that is what defines success. Uh, at the end of the quarter, at the end of the year, uh, that should be the yardstick that's that's used to define success binary yes or no are we there or not but but i would even encourage you know the the partnership executives that are out there those directors those vps and in any partnership role that you have if you don't have an organizational partnering plan in place that you've that you've put into action with your c suite get one <laughs> Build one. No question about it, Mark. I mean, I would say retrofit, right? Yes. I would say retrofit. Go build the partnering plan and then evaluate your existing partnerships. And my guess is, and we know this from all the industry statistics and analysts, that 50% or more of the strategic partnerships fail or disappoint, right? Well, why is that? Because you didn't have a plan and the partner's not right for what you're trying to accomplish and you're expending resources on it. So I would suggest to an executive who's disappointed and maybe not quite, you know, happy with 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 the partnering, you know, the partnering plan or the partnering program, retrofit it, right? Go back and build the plan. What are you trying to accomplish? What do you expect from your partners? And then evaluate, right, the partners that you have, right? And, you know, I would say many of many of those companies that I've been experienced have too many partners. Yeah. They have too many partners, they're spending resources and not getting enough out of it. When you have a finite amount of resources to exactly. manage and lead those partners, and yeah, so many of them do underperform, but they still, a lot of times, I mean, they they, they take resources from us. So let's go ahead and shift over into the third question, and that is uh, another a tool to help us um, in this area, and that is a SWOT analysis. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. A lot of times whenever we talk to partnering professionals, uh, you know, the SWAT's kind of a, a bad word, kind of a four-letter word. Uh, we've, you know, we've done those analyses before. It's a big waste of time. Um, I would say in those cases, the problem isn't the tool or the analysis. The problem is the lack of leadership or the lack of clarity of what you are trying to do. Um, I'm a huge believer in, in SWAT, and you know, I've seen it work just so many times. But at its fundamental level, it's goods, bads, right? Strengths, weaknesses, uh, internal and external. So it's four boxes. That's all it is, four boxes on a whiteboard that has you look at your company at a deep level 
and figure out where you good, where do you have some shortcomings? Uh, Ken, I'm going to ask you to kind of reflect back on your career and um, you know those times when you've used the tool and just kind of coach or chat with people about the best way to use the SWOT as they think about different areas of their partnering program, whether it's at the organizational partnering plan level or even at individual partnerships. Oh, it's a powerful tool, Mark, right? It's, uh, you know, sometimes it's difficult, as, as you know, to look yourself in the mirror, right? So you're basically looking yourself in the mirror, right, as a company, and you're saying, what am I really good at, right? What are the things I do really, really well, right? So those are the strengths, right? What are the things I'm not so good at, right? What, are, what would I like to do better, Right, so that would be the that would be the weaknesses, and and you can use those strengths and 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 weaknesses in your partner selection, right? If you want to be competitive, right, and you want to grow the business, then then trying to get a partner that to complement that, right? And then you have the other side, which is the you know the external view is okay. What are the what are the opportunities I have in the marketplace, and what are sort of the competitive threats, right? What are what are the things that could disrupt? my progress, right? But understanding, understanding all of those, those four dimensions, right? Really, really important, right? And, and if you really have strengths, then when you go to partner selection, there you should, you know, be attracted you know, as you go recruit partners. If you have strengths, right? There's somebody out there is going to use your strengths, right? To be a good partner, right? Hopefully. And they may have this, the weekend. Absolutely, right? And then if, if you you know, have weaknesses, whether it be assets, whether it be market reach, whether it be branding, customers, whatever it is, you might select a partner, right, to shore up those weaknesses. So I think it's a very powerful tool, right? And part of the plan is kind of self-diagnosis of, hey, what am I good? What am I not so good at? And, why, and use that in your partner selection and your, right, really understanding what you want to get out of the partners. Man, I love that. Uh, we, one of the overused words in business, I think, is strategic partnerships, but we all want to be seen as a strategic partner to to our partners. We have the collaborations going. We, we drop an, uh, an email, a phone call. We want that to be returned. We want to be at the top of the list. But there's only one way that that happens. You have to be able to provide something, some unique value to your partner. You have to be able to provide that great value to your partner in order to hit that strategic class. Just because Amazon Web Services is strategic to you does not mean that your company is strategic to them. And this is exactly right, how you do that's that. A, that's a great. That's a great point. You know, early in my career, you know, I used to say, um, you know, oftentimes some of the partnerships that somebody's just trying to, you know, build a partnership just to get access to your client base. And it's not collaborative. It's not kind of being complementary to one another. It's, it's very one-sided. Those partnerships tend to fail, right, pretty quickly. So really, you know, you want to do is you want to fill out, right, where you where you have a balanced approach, really. So the SWAT really helps you select partners so you both both partners can share in the collaboration yeah. and and have success. That's so man, that's so true. Both partners should have strengths. And those strengths should add value to you to the point that you made. Their strengths should complement your weaknesses, should shore up your weaknesses, and vice versa. And, and if you have relationships where that's not the case, run. Because 
by and large, it might work for a month, a quarter, six months, but it's not going to be long-term. Uh, a partnership that works for one party is a partnership that works for zero parties. Exactly. And there's so, a lot of them out there, right? It's a lot of them out there. Absolutely. And, and, and that is a great way to, to do, to, to kind of check that out. And I just, I love a SWAT. I think it's, I love the simplicity, uh, but man, it is a powerful, powerful tool. And to the point that, that you make in, it forces a lot of uncomfortable conversations, or at least it should. It is, it, it is and it does. And, and I think you and I have talked, uh, you know, previously, it's the discipline of going through this. Right. Starting with the strategy. Right. And, and, you know, doing doing all that analysis is going to help in the success. Right. It's going to lead up to selecting the right partners and then building the right collaboration. Right. And, and you're kind of doing an enforced disciplined manner to be very selective about who your partners are. But it's also the partner should be happy as well. Right. That, that you're it's a better recipe for overall success for joint success absolutely right? absolutely joint success <laughs> all right question number four and that is another tool that we're going to bring out here and it's the one that, that i love as well it's needs wants limits so we call it the needs wants limits analysis and uh man like i said a powerful tool i love it i think it provides a ton of clarity but just kind of right on the on the on the onset of this ken what is needs wants limits Needs, wants, limits. Well, the needs are, what am I must have, right? We're going to have a partnership, as we said, starting with the strategy. What are my objectives? What am I, what do I want from the partner? What are the things I absolutely, if I'm going to work with a partner, what are the things I expect that I absolutely need to have? Whether it's resources, whether it's funding, whatever it happens to be, I'm ex I have certain expectations, right? So if I'm going to select a partner, I want their commitment to do that. That's the need. So if I'm going to enter in a partnership, those needs really equate to these are the must haves that I need to have as I select the partner. So the needs are the first one, right? Obviously, the second ones are the nice to haves, right? These are the things that add value. But you know what? If it didn't, if I didn't get them, no big deal, right? Like I can, you know, it's, it's not a deal breaker per se, right? But, you know, obviously, there's value there. And I can, you know, hopefully get some some of those uh, nice to haves, if you will, right? The limits are the things that are deal breakers, right? What are the things that, you know, at the end of, you know, um, my my walkaways, right? Things that, you know, I'm going to limit myself to that if I if I can't have the, if I can't have the must haves, then maybe it's a walk away, right? So the th things that that I know, right, or we as a, as, you know, as a business know that, hey, this partnership's not right for me, right? That I go find another partner to do something. So these are my limitations, Right. Very powerful tool. And I think these things all cascade down, starting with that, as we talk from the strategy, these elements, right, really provide that discipline, right, that oftentimes is overlooked. As we, we talked about strategy being the first phase. Well, recruiting is the second phase. So what are the processes and what are the tools that we go through in strategy that take us down this lane? so that we're prepared and we're ready to recruit and recruit effectively. And uh, one of those tools is the needs wants limits analysis, right? So imagine having a very clear understanding of what your needs wants limits are and like how much efficiency that's going to bring to your recruiting process. 
and having those conversations with with prospective partners, uh, defining what your program is, putting your agreement together. What is what does that look like for you? And then also letting your partner um, either raise their hand, yes, I'm in, or say, nope, I'm out. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of like starting that, you know, you start the journey, right? All these tools are the kind of, you know, the, you know, the product the roadmap to success, right? You're starting the journey, right? You know, at least, you know, Hey, what am I trying to accomplish? How am I going to get there? And these are really powerful tools, right? To kind of be a foundational for, for, for overall success to improve that success ratio, right? And it should and join right it's it's not one sided it should be joint right you have you have needs and wants so does the so does your partner right and you should be very open about what the what those are and what those limitations are right if you're going to collaborate right it's got to be two sided right so what do they want to get out of the partnership what what's in it for them and if they don't, if they don't have their needs met it's not going to be successful man can you bring up a great point and and that is you in your discovery process of speaking to partner candidates, you need to understand what their needs, wants, limits are. And you may have to coach them. But as you're having conversations with them, if they do not have clarity on what their needs, wants, limits are, then they don't have clarity on their strategy. And so what does that mean? One month, three months, six months down the road, be ready for them to pivot, be ready for them to, to move and do a course correction, or they probably don't even know what course they're, they're on. And so also include that in your evaluation. Hey, if they're not, Mark, 100%, Mark, if, they're, if your partner isn't getting their needs met, they're not going to honor their commitments. Just, and if they don't even know what their needs are, <laughs> take that from experience. Right? How did they All know how to recruit? You're three, you're three months in there, right? And you know the resources that you expected aren't there, right? Uh, you know the funding isn't there, right? That they're they're working with somebody else because they're getting what they need, and you're not. Yeah, absolutely. One last thing I want to kind of put on this one. This this is a really important piece, and that is, you know, and in, in, in sales, and I think a lot of folks. Uh, come from sales, uh, get into the partnering lane, but there's there's definitely areas where, where the two disciplines are, are very different. And in, in, in that is, whenever we're in sales, I mean, we're pushing, working, working, working so hard to try to get to yes. And in partnerships, there is just as much value in quickly getting to a no. Yeah. Uh, and the needs once limits analysis will allow you to have these very efficient, very candid, very pointed conversations with candidates to either quickly get to yes or to quickly get to no. But don't be afraid of the no, because that's just as valuable, if not more valuable. Well, yeah. If you're spending time and resource, right, time is money, right, resource, right, if you're if you know, I'd rather get to know, right, quickly, right? So I'm not, you know, I'm not this, I don't disappoint my executives, right, for non-performance, right? I'm, I'm going to select, I'm going to use that to select partners who are going to add value to the relationship and and help accelerate the business. So it's, it's great to get to a no, right? It's okay to say no. Yeah. So, 
Well, Ken, thank you so much for spending some time with us, man. It's been awesome having you, and uh, I'm already looking forward to the next conversation, man. This is fun breaking hey, this great, down. Mark. Thanks. Have a great day, right? Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of The Partnernomics Show. Don't forget to subscribe to get the newest episodes at thepartnernomicsshow.com. Special thanks to our sponsors, Iolite. To learn more about Iolite, visit iolitepro.com. And Partnernomics, the science of partnering. To learn more about these suite of Partnernomics courses, coaching programs, and consulting services, visit Partnernomics.com. See you on the next episode.